Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the move to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty week. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marcus Raper. Marcus, you want to say hey to everybody? What's going on? Uh, this is our second episode based on our home dynasty league, the Legion of Doom. Before we get started, did you get to watch any week two NFL games, Mark? Man, that's all I get to do uh, on Sundays. I tell my wife we're taking a, a temporary divorce from the start of football season, like February's. Uh, watch Red Zone and, and of course, uh, Sunday night, uh, Kyler Murray is legit. Uh, from Sunday uh, games, Lamar looked great Sunday night as a running back. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, watch Monday night football. Uh, Aaron Jones is either a beast or Detroit's really that bad. I don't know, man. De- Detroit's offense looked pretty good. I don't know about the defense, but that offense, man, Jerry Goff showing out. If he could hold on to the football. I know, man. That's the only thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I know, like, with us, like, uh, you know, we're active church members. I'm a youth pastor you're a deacon and so i know uh we get to watch in between services and stuff but if you're like me i kind of fellowship just for a little bit and then i go get the quickest lunch i can possibly get and then just kind of we watch tv and uh well not watch tv excuse me watch the football games on tv and i do the same thing i watch red zone on my illegal amazon fire stick and it's uh it's pretty good man the, but, the uh, under deacon make sure you get that right uh, we'll have oh, yeah, head yeah. deacon on here shortly <laughs> Uh, I agree with you about the Lamar Jackson take, though, too. Uh, I've got him and uh, one of our other league mates, Robbie. Uh, he's got a super flex league, and passing uh, touchdowns are only four points, and I've got Lamar as my super flex, and he is pretty much my my RB1. And so it's, uh, it's nice. Uh, so anyways, in today's episode, we'll have our review of our week two must-start, must-sit, so we'll be able to – uh, see if we messed up or if we got them right whenever we gave that advice last week. We'll also have our week two Legion of Doom report card. We'll have our week two Legion of Doom recap. We'll also welcome our special guest on the episode who we'll talk to here shortly. Uh, we'll have our sell high in Dynasty, a buy low in Dynasty, a must add in redraft, and also our start of the week and sit of the week. So um, in episode one, we went over our players that were a must-start and a must-sit. So let's review those choices. Uh, Marcus, who did you choose for your must-sit in week two, and how did that go for you? Uh, going up against the Bucks, I said Mike Davis was a, was a must-sit. I hope you didn't listen to me. <laughs> he ended up 16 touches, nine of those being passes. So PPR-wise, uh, he probably got you what you needed as maybe a, a low-end RB2 or a flex. Uh, Cordell Patterson ended up with early touches in the goal line work, and uh, he'll be worth a pickup in your league in the future. Uh, but Mike Davis probably wasn't a must-sit. Uh, he looked decent against the, the Bucks defense. Yeah, and that's a, that's a thing, man. I know with Atlanta, they're probably going to be playing behind pretty much all season long. And so if they're playing from behind, they're probably going to be throwing in Patterson there a pretty good bit uh, as far as catching those passes and stuff. Uh, I'm in a rebuild in one of my dynasty leagues, and I'm trying to trade for Patterson just because I don't have any more running backs besides Singletary. Uh, and yeah, so sure. last, last week, I chose a different direction with my must-sit choice. Uh, I decided to go with a lower-year expectation choice, and I chose the rookie wide receivers that had great performances in week one. Uh, I made mention that although they are great value in dynasty, and honestly, I would love to have Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle in my dynasty leagues, it's best to lower our expectations week by week. Uh, after, for example, after putting up 19 points in week one, Devontae Smith only put up three points this past week. Jalen Waddle went from 16 points to seven points, even though Tua suffered a bruised rib injury, which we'll talk about all the injured quarterbacks and stuff later. Uh, Jamar Chase, however, was about the only bright spot that kind of proved me wrong as he came up strong in uh, your week two matchups by following up his 2020 or 22-point outing with a 15-point one in week two, uh, even though he only caught two passes, one of those being a 42-yard touchdown. Uh, like I said, I still want these guys on my team moving forward. If I can have a wide receiver core built around Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, and have those pieces, uh, I'm making moves to try to get them. 
It's just in this week-by-week matchup, I would not expect 17, 25 points out of each one of them every single week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can we uh, can we drop the drop a potamus name from from Chase? I don't think I've seen him drop a ball yet. I know, man. I thought that was very, very ironic. Is the fact that like everybody was talking about, oh, you know, he sucks and he, he's he's terrible and all this kind of stuff. Like, no, dude's probably the best rookie right now. Yeah, yeah, he's showing up. But anyway, right, so let's move on to our must starts. Who was your must start in week two, and how did that play out? Uh, I told everybody to relax, uh, put Aaron Rodgers back in your lineup, uh, and he ended up, I think, 250-something yards, four touchdowns. Uh, All right, so now let's move to our review of our must-starts in week two. So, Marcus, who did you choose for your must-start in week two, and how did that play out for you? Uh, I told everybody to uh, to relax and put Aaron Rodgers back in your lineup. Uh, he bounced back with a with a big game, 255 yards, four touchdowns, and I think Rodgers is done with pulling his best Paul Crew impression. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of people who are glad that he's back to to throw in those 52-yard bullet passes to Robert Tunyon in the end zone and passing to his his running back out of the backfield there a pretty good bit. Yeah, I got uh, Aaron Jones in like three leagues that uh, that really helped. Uh, but then the, I, I was up 32 points in one league and a guy with Aaron Jones come back and beat me. So <laughs> it hurts yeah. and it helps. And uh, in Stevens' league that we're in, uh, I went against Aaron Jones, and I needed him to have less than 12 points, and he beat that on the second drive, and so I was, I was pretty upset. Uh, but uh, my uh, my must-start that I chose in week two, uh, I chose Mike Evans as my must-start uh, as a far, basically a bounce-back candidate. Uh, in his matchup against Dallas in week one, Evan was pretty much shut down with a stat line of three receptions for 24 yards. However, Brady looked his way early in week two against Atlanta as Evans came out uh, out of the win with five receptions, 75 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, dude looked really, really good. So he looks to continue this streak this week against the uh, uh, Los Angeles Rams defense, where he'll probably be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. So we'll kind of see how week three goes. But as far as week two, I was happy I started him in one league. Yeah, AB's going to go off uh, if Ramsey covers only Evans. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Like, I noticed, like, you have Evans who had a bad week, week one. You had A.B. who had a fantastic week, and then it was flip-flopped in week two. But what I like about Tampa Bay's offense is, is that Chris Godwin is a PPR machine. Like, that yeah. dude, just, he is steady. He is consistent. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, we'll move on. Uh, let's go to our week two Legion of Doom recap. Uh, in Sleeper's app, each and every week, they send out a report card, so we'll run through that real fast. Uh, so in Legion of Doom, Rock Bottom came out with a near-perfect lineup, starting 97% of his best possible lineup, giving him the credentials as best manager in week one. Oh, that's supposed to say week two. <laughs> and so even though Shattered Dreams came out with a high score, uh, with a score of 177 points, he was listed as the worst manager as he missed out on 60 points from his bench. He set a 75% perfect lineup. He also exceeded his week two projection by 18% and 27 points. Uh, we'll cover the biggest blowout and narrow victory of the matchup sections uh, of the league week two recap later on. Uh, the lowest score of the week was Diamond Cutter, thankfully for me, who missed out on their projection by 28%, putting them with a week two final score of 117. Uh, the quarterback of the week was Stinger Splash, which is Marcus's Kyler Murray, who put up a stat line of 400 yards passing and three touchdowns and a rushing line of 31 yards and one touchdown to give him a total of 41 fantasy points in Legion of Doom. Uh, the running back of the week was Shattered Dreams' Derrick Henry, who went off for 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns, to give him a final score of nearly 50 points. Uh, the wide receiver of the week was Cooper Cup, who was part of Razor Edge's team. He finished his week two performance with nine receptions, 163 yards, two touchdowns. And he also not to interrupt you, BJ, but we got to address that. The razor's edge is no more. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you said that. He, uh, he, has, he has changed his name to the Doomsday device. Yep. We're going to reflect that in our week three podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, so it's funny though because he chose what is it Doomsday uh, device? I think that was called. Yeah, after that Owen two start. Yeah, he said he had to rebrand. But it, it's funny though because he chose the Legion of Doom as his wrestling people, which is the name of the league. So we'll see how that plays out for him. Yeah. Uh, but Cooper Cup, man, he is the overall wide receiver one. Uh, right now, and it finished with a week of 38 points. Uh, the tight end of the week was honestly no surprise. It was Shattered Dreams, Travis Kelsey with 109 receiving yards, one touchdown, and 25 fantasy points. Uh, I like the section here that Sleeper does where they give you the bench warmers of the week, uh, basically what players uh, yeah. were left on the bench who put up a lot of a lot of big numbers there. And so the quarterback bench warmer of the week was probably somebody that nobody saw coming. And it was RKO's Daniel Jones, who went for 249 yards passing, one touchdown in the air, and also nine carries for 95 yards and one touchdown on the ground. He finished his game with 32 fantasy points. Uh, the running back bench warmer of the week was Brogue Kicks, Tony Pollard, with a performance of 13 carries, 109 yards, and one rushing touchdown, three receptions for 31 yards, and also 23 fantasy points. Uh, Marcus, I'm going to pause real quick. What's your take on the Tony Pollard-Ezekiel Elliott situation? Man, I'm glad that uh, in our church uh, redraft league, Shorty drafted Zeke one pick before me because I was about to take him. And uh, if you have Zeke and don't have Tony Pollard, I just you, you don't know which way to go. Uh, I honestly think right now you can if, – if you don't have both of them, uh, you know, you could start either one of them. Uh, there's going to be games to where they – like last week where neither one of them do a lot. And then there'll be games like this week where both of them, you know, put up over 15 points. So. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the uh, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman situation in Atlanta a couple of years back where you had exactly. Devontae, where you had Devontae Freeman who was going off just about almost every week and was consistent. But then you had Tevin Coleman who sometimes looked like a better back. And so I think it's a very similar situation. I'll be honest. I don't know that just as far as, you know, football, not away from fantasy. That uh, Pollard doesn't look like the better running back. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just, you know, Zeke's Dak's best friend, man. So, yeah, they're, they're going to play him. Anyways, uh, the wide receiver bench warmer of the week was Rondell Moore, another rookie of Diamond Cutter, who put up seven receptions, 114 yards, and one touchdown with 25 fantasy points. Uh, somebody will actually bring up here later on in the show. Uh, the tight end bench warmer of the week was Robert Tunyon for Mandible Claw, who went for three receptions, 52 yards, one touchdown, and 14 points. Uh, so overall, man, week two, uh, it was it was a really good week for fantasy in some aspects, not in others. Uh, had our first big games for some running backs. Uh, we had some. Uh, if you actually look at the wide receiver top ten list right now in fantasy, nobody saw half of those people coming. Uh, I think Marquise, Marquise Brown is actually the number six wide receiver right now in PPR, tied with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, that's crazy, man. Uh, but anyways, we'll get into our week two recap of Legion of Doom. Uh, so each week in Legion of Doom, we have match cards, which basically just lists our matchups in a digital image with one being the main event matchup of the week. Let's walk through the matchups real quick from week two leading up to our main event, and then let's talk about what happened. So, Marcus, you can go first. All right. Uh, we had Hitman Sharpshooter, which is Adam's team, uh, versus Broke Kick, which is Greg's team. In week two, we saw our first battle of the unbeatens. Uh, we had a close one uh, with these two powerhouses. First, we saw Adam come out the gate, the commanding lead. Hitman Sharpshooter was led with stellar performances by Patty uh, McCombs, who showed out on Sunday night, scoring 34 points, three touchdowns. Uh, Daryl Henderson had 17 points. Hopkins uh, with 15 points. A surprising 17-point uh, outing by Marvin Jones. Adam made a, a Super Bowl move by starting Singletary in the flex, who ended up putting up 18 points with 82 rushing or 82 yards and one touchdown. However, his uh, studs put up a couple of duds. Despite Mahomes' 343 yards, Tyreek Hill was held to only three receptions, 14 yards, and five fantasy points. Kittle also underperformed by putting up four fantasy points. Uh, Brogue Kick had a great week, uh, two led by D.J. Moore, 21 points. Jamar Chase, 15 points. Tyler Lockett's crazy performance of eight receptions, 178 yards and a touchdown, which gave him 34 fantasy points in the outing. Greg had a couple players underperform, uh, like Jonathan Taylor, six points. And D.J. Charts, two points. Kareem Hunt only had six points. 
Greg needed 21 points from Aaron Rodgers on Monday night to finalize his win. And A.A. Ron come out putting up a spectacular game for passing 255 yards, four touchdowns, and 35 fantasy points. Broke kick, but hit man sharpshooter out of his misery with a final score of 146 to 132. Broke kick looks to continue his win streak in week three as he faces his day at the Stinger Splash. Hitman sharpshooter looks to bounce back next week by facing the winless Mandible Claw. Yeah, I actually enjoyed watching that week uh, week two matchup between Adam and Greg. Uh, it's one of the few matchups that I was actually paying close attention to, and I went to church Sunday night, and Greg's like, man, do you think I got a chance of winning? Because he's like, Tyreek Hill hasn't played, and Patrick Mahomes hasn't played, and Aaron Rodgers hasn't played for me. And I looked at Greg, I was like, Greg, I don't think the chances are, are good, but uh, but Greg actually came back with the with the underdog performance there and came back with a win, so I know he's happy about that. Yeah, I figured Mahomes and Hill together would put up 65 or so. <laughs> uh, that's usually what happens. Uh, but anyways, and so our next matchup was Mandible Call, which was Derek's team versus Stinger Splash, which was Marcus's team. And this week two matchup, we saw both the one and one teams, Mandible Call and Stinger Splash, go up in a death match against each other. Not really. Uh, Stinger Splash came out of the match strong with a top performance from their quarterback, Kyler Murray. He went for 41 points, including 400 passing yards and four total touchdowns. He's fighting to be the quarterback one this year. Uh, he also was led by the RB2 of the week, Aaron Jones, who put up 67 yards rushing, one rushing touchdown, 48 yards receiving, and three receiving touchdowns. He also had good outings from Devontae Adams, 21 points, Darren Waller, 11 points, and DeAndre Swift, 11 points. His only player to put up single digits was Hines in the flex with three points. Uh, Mandible Claw was looking for his first win in week two. He came out of the gate with consistent performances from Justin Herbert, 17 points despite throwing two interceptions. Stephon Diggs, who put up 17 points and continues to find his groove this season. Michael Pittman, 21 points. And Hawkinson, who continues to be the, about the only bright spot in Detroit right now with 20 points. Uh, Mandible Claw fell short in the week two matchup with lackluster performances from Alvin Kamara with seven points with only five rushing yards, which is crazy. Aguilar with five fantasy points and Melvin Gordon with eight points. After taking a steel chair to the face with a beating of 166 to 118, Mandible Claw looks to find his first victory next week against a tough matchup of Hitman Sharpshooter. Stinger Splash looks to start a win streak next week when he faces his son, Broke Kick. Uh, so real quick, Marcus, uh, what's your take on Denver's backfield right now? Between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, who are you looking at for the rest of the season? Man, I feel like Williams uh, is going to be the future there, but I just don't feel like he's done enough to take over. Uh, and to be honest, I wouldn't want either one of them on my team <laughs> just because I don't think they know who's who's the guy either. Uh, I feel like by the end of the season, uh, definitely Williams will be the will be the guy. Uh, but but getting there, uh, you know, I, I don't know who who they decide to go with each week. Yep, and I get that. Uh, I know right now, Javante Williams, he looks like one of the best rookies uh, to come out and do the running back stuff right now. Starting with the uh, third matchup of the week. Uh, we've got Doomsday Device, formerly known as Razor's Edge, which is Ben's team, uh, versus Shattered Dreams. It belongs to Mitchell. In this week two matchup, we had two winless teams searching for their first win. Ben started the matchup with strong performance uh, from a great uh, veteran receiver core, uh, Cortland Sutton, with uh, nine receptions, 159 yards, 25 points. Uh, the overall wide receiver won through two weeks, Cooper Cup. Uh, 163 yards, two touchdowns, giving him a fantasy total of 38. And Julio Jones bounced back performance in 19. He had weak performances uh, from the rest of his squad, like Joe Mixon, uh, eight points to, or eight uh, points despite putting up 25 in week one. And CEH with one point and a fumble that cost Kansas City the game. Uh, and Galladay's six-point performance. Shattered Dream surprised everybody by coming out with week two. Uh, matchup, the most points scored of 177. Is led by the RB1, uh, Derrick Henry, with 49 points, 182 yards on three touchdowns, and a surprising six receptions. Uh, Scary Terry had 27, Brandon Cooks with 22, Kelsey with 25. Uh, the only depressing spots in the lineup for James Robinson with nine points and AB with only two. Uh, Razor's Edge looks to bounce back in week three. 
uh, with a tough, upbeat RKO team. Shattered Dreams looks to use momentum from his recent win to take on the winless Diamond Cutter in week three. So, Marcus, i got to ask you real quick about this matchup, man. Uh, what's your take on Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford? Man, I told everybody when Stafford went to uh, to the Rams that that it was going it was going to be legit. Uh, I think uh, Detroit is the place uh, to where good good players go to die. And now that he's on a better team with a, with a great offensive line, a great defense, uh, Cooper Cup is his go to. Uh, they're going to put up fantasy greatness this year. As far as you being a being an Alabama fan, of course, if they start throwing this ball to Derrick Henry. Out of the backfield, what right. what's that going to turn into? <laughs> like Derrick Henry is already a monster, but if you let him run a little flat route and like a swing pass and give him the ball six times a game in the air, and plus his thirty five carries or whatever it was, like dude's going to be on up there. I was listening to the fantasy footballers today, and one thing they said is like if they start throwing Derrick Henry the ball, he's going to be competing with Christian McCaffrey as the overall running back one. And, uh, man, as an Alabama fan, I, I'm happy to see it. As somebody who doesn't have any shares of Derrick Henry in fantasy, I hate it. Yeah. Well, and, and two, that's what I said. You throw that dude the ball out in the flat. And and who's tackling him? Oh, well, let's see. Josh nope, Norman nobody. tried. Josh Norman <laughs> tried. He got put on a poster. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much what it's going to be. But I, I'm excited for the new opportunities for him, though, man. You know, you always want to yep. see somebody do good. And, uh, Tennessee needs to get that offense kind of rolling, and it seems like it's going to be rolling through him. Uh, but anyways, the fourth matchup here was Rock Bottom, which is Kelby's team, versus RKO, which is Robbie's team, a matchup of the unbeatens. Both teams had great performances from their quarterbacks, Tom Brady with nine touchdowns in two games, and Russell Wilson, who has assists with a deep ball tire locket once again. Rock Bottom had good output or output with uh, from Austin Eckler, 22 points, and Justin Jefferson, 18 points, as Jefferson looked to be Cousins' favorite spot target again. But letdowns from Miles Sanders, six points, and Amari Cooper, five points, put rock bottom in a pickle. RKO was thankful that Zeke was back to his normal workload by gaining 16 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. Nick Chubb also had a great day by giving Robbie 16 points on a Sunday matchup against Houston. But the knockout blow came from RKO's wide receiver core such as a two-touchdown day from Mike Evans to give him 24 points, and big games from Thielen, 14 points, Debo Samuel, 17 points, and Deontay Johnson, 20 points, before Johnson get, went down on a scary injury in the last-minute play trying to get out of bounds. This one was decided early with no Sunday night or Monday competitors. RKO takes the win 154-133 to 133 and stays unbeaten. He looks to sneak up on his next opponent, Razor's Edge or Doomsday Device, in week three. Rock Bottom looks to bounce back next week against an unbeaten sweet chin music if you smell what I'm cooking. And so, uh, man, in this matchup, I, I like their teams, you know. Uh, but real quick, as before we get going on, I'm trying to kind of give you a follow-up question after each one of these matchups to kind of give the listeners a break. Uh, Deontay Johnson's injury, they're saying that it's not serious. But if you watch that play, man, it, uh, it looked pretty rough. And it's stupid. I mean – that, that's, you know, I, I've always said those late game Hail Marys, stuff like that. I mean, you're looking to get somebody injured. Uh, like the kickoff returns where you're throwing the ball back and forth, that's kind of what they're doing there. I mean, you got guys running down the field head, huh? I mean, that's, that's, you know, they're looking to knock somebody's block off. And I don't remember the exact score of the game, but it's almost like, uh, you know, don't take that chance. Uh, yeah. But, of course, I know the Steelers wanted to win, but, uh, they'll think twice before doing it again. All right, so let's say this, though. If Deontay Johnson is out for a couple of weeks with this injury, who do you think is going to get a bump in that receiving core, backfield, tight ends, what? Because I drafted him in about three leagues, I'm hoping Claypool. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, I could I could see Juju, uh, you know, getting getting a bigger workload as well. Uh, and I can't pronounce his name, but the, the rookie tight end, he's hmm. – uh, uh, he's he's you know been been a guy that they've targeted pretty heavily, especially in week one. Yeah, it's actually somebody I'm trying to buy right now in Dynasty. His Pat Fryer move. Uh, yeah, I, I've got him in in the Legion of Doom, uh, and I think I've got him in the other Dynasty too. Uh, he's uh, he's going to end up being being a beast, and you know 
Big Ben don't know how many more years he'll be there, but he likes them into the tight ends. Yeah, but I think Najee Harris out of the backfield, that was about his only uh, good performance. This is why he, he scored that touchdown out of the backfield anyways. Yeah. Uh, but I think if they could keep getting him that ball and getting him some more opportunities, it's going to be a, a good situation for him. On to uh, to the main event. We got Sweet Chin Music, uh, which is BJ's team, of course, versus Diamond Cutter. And we called this the Battle of the Brothers. Uh, Diamond Cutter started with a mediocre performance from Josh Allen, uh, who didn't need to do much from a two-list Dolphins after a bruised uh, rib injury. Uh, his running back, CMC, Chris Carson's, uh, met their projections, as I feel they're going to do most weeks. Uh, two of the most consistent running backs in the league. Uh, Diamond cut, uh, Cutter also found a bright spot from Gronk, as he looks to be uh, better than ever, scoring 19 points on two touchdowns. And although uh, Landon traded away a top four tight end in Dynasty, Gronk easily filled that spot by outproducing Waller in week two, which I hope doesn't continue to happen. Uh, after uh, things got kind of dark, for after that, things got kind of dark for the diamond cutter. Uh, as the rest of the team didn't reach uh, expectations with the underwhelming performances from Callaway, A.J. Brown, and Corey Davis. On the other hand, Sweet Chin Music's teams met all expectations, except for De uh, Devontae Smith and Chenault. Uh, put up one point who was dealing with a shoulder injury. Neither of them called over two passes in their week two matchups. Uh, the bright spot was Lamar Jackson with a huge night in the prime time on Sunday night, uh, taking down the Chiefs. Uh, he cruised to 36 points by throwing a touchdown and rushing for two, adding over 100 yards on the ground. Then he, uh, he had uh, bright spots from uh, the consistent RB1 of Dalvin Cook and Najee Harris and also Calvin Ridley. Sweet Chin Music takes the win, moving to 2-0 with a big matchup next week against Rock Bottom. And Diamond Cutter moves to 0-2 facing shattered dreams in week three who had a spectacular week two performance. Yeah, I need to send Landon a message. I forgot to. <laughs> uh, as, as far as your performance, uh, how, how do you think your team's looking so far? I like it, man. I like the core that I got built up there. Uh, just with Lamar Jackson, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, my receiving core, I'm really proud of. Uh, with C.D. Lamb, Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, no offense, stepping up. The only yeah. part that kind of worries me going forward is those flex plays. Yeah. Uh, I think I've built a really, really top-heavy team, and I've got to get uh, more depth going forward. Uh, but, you know, it's part of trading away your first-round pick next year to get stuff like this, you know. Yeah. I knew in the draft uh, you, you look really stout, except for quarterback. And I remember taking Lamar Jackson, I think it was right in front of you, and then turned around and making that trade. Uh, and I yeah. said, if Lamar Jackson, you know, if it, it panned out, you're, you was going to have a really good team. Yeah, and I want to talk about Lamar Jackson's passing later on when I talk about one of the must-ads in redraft. Uh, yeah. there's, a, there's a receiver that I'm targeting there as a must-add. Oh, yeah. we'll, talk, we'll talk about that here shortly. Anyways, uh, now as we get to their final segment, we want to welcome in the manager of Hitman Sharpshooter, Adam Graham. What's up, Adam? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for being back. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to invite Adam this week because we should have technically probably done it last week as he won the, the main event and everything. Uh but what I wanted to do is just give him an opportunity to come on. Uh, so first, Adam, would you like to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I'm a I'm a sinner saved by grace. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, serve as deacon at, at our church. Uh, married to my amazing wife, Nicole, for, I don't know, since 99. So how many years is that? But uh, got four kids. Uh, Tyler, Avery, Caden, and Ruthie, and uh, I'm a rural mail carrier by, by, by job, So, but I'm a, also a fantasy football addict, I guess you could say. Uh, kind of a closet Cowboys fan, where I was a Cowboys fan growing up, but uh, I think I think fantasy has changed that a little bit. Uh, probably has for everybody, you know, because um, you just you just like the game instead of a certain team, but but, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it for me. I mean, I could go on, but. Hotty-totty. Uh, yeah, and a hotty-totty. That's right. 
I know you as a Closet Cowboys fan, Adam. I don't know how I feel about that, man. Uh, just growing up. Just growing up in it. But I, I do. But like I said, that. I know uh, the way that I put it is that fantasy football kind of uh, lets you what's that? What's that word like? Where you uh, you take your stocks and you spread them out? God, I can't think of that word. Anyways, uh, that's kind of what you did there. You, you instead of focusing all on just the Cowboys, you spread it out to to multiple players that you like now. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, do you have a message? Uh, I want to give you this opportunity, Adam. Do you have a message to the lead mates of Legion of Doom before we get started? Yeah, I would say uh, listen to this podcast. Uh, y'all got you were doing a great job. You and Marcus are doing a great job. I know it's only the second episode, but it's uh, something we can look forward to every week. Um, but but just uh, keep you know keep this league active. Keep it fun. Um, you know, uh, send trust offer is probably going to be junk, but send a counter. You know, keep countering. Keep that. Action going, you know, just keep that kind of stuff going. Um, just, you know, accept all of my trade offers I've seen you guys, and, you know, that would keep it, you know, help me out a little bit. So, you know, that's the best advice I can give, just accept my trade offers, you know, so. Nice. I'm sure anybody that has ever gotten trade offers from you, that's their first thought is I should definitely smash accept this, you know. Yeah, Ben should at least, yeah. Adam starts <laughs> very low on the trade offers. I do. It, well, it I mean, takes at least seven or eight before you get. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I'll give you my Ben Roethlisberger for your Lamar Jackson. It's <laughs> actually not a bad trade. Yeah. Just. But anyway, anyways, uh, you gotta start okay. low. Y'all, y'all know that you gotta start low. You can't just, uh, you know, send it out and send out a fair one right at the start. Adam is the okay. used car salesman of fantasy football. That's, That's right. <laughs> Adam takes the mentality that we take when we go over to Kenya and have to haggle the little uh, travel shop workers. That, that's what Adam does. I mean, I don't have to win every trade, but you know, we everybody wants to win the trade. But you know, you got to start somewhere. I get that. It doesn't hurt to send those things out because you'll always have one or two people in your league that's just going to trade away their good players for crap. Uh, but anyways, before we go on, uh, a couple of questions we want to ask you real quick about your experience with fantasy football. So how long have you been playing fantasy right. football, Adam? Uh, probably nine, ten years, I guess. I mean, the years kind of slip, get away from me, but I guess about nine or ten. Was the first time that you played with a church league? Uh, in, a, in a private league, yeah. I was in some some public stuff on ESPN back before the app. You could just only use it on, like, desktop or whatever, but. Um, cool. Yeah, first, first, first actual real league with 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 friends and everything was in the in our church league. Yeah, nice. How many years have you won that? I've uh, been runner up four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't won that league yet. I've been runner up four times. So. Hey, One of these days, you're gonna get the belt. Kyler Murray let me down last year in championship week. So. I got you. Hey, so the next question, Adam, when did you first get introduced to the dynasty perspective of fantasy football? Uh, it's probably about four years ago when, when Ben set the one up in the church league that ran for about three years. Uh, I think he won all three, but, but that was, that was the first time we, we started a dynasty there. So. Nice. And if you're like me and Marcus, you probably like dynasty a little bit more uh, or a little bit better than redraft now. Yeah, you like you like that season long keeps you keeps you going into the into the sport. That season long yeah. uh, game is a lot. There's just a lot more to it. So uh, something I would recommend for all of the listeners, if you really want to find enjoyment in Dynasty, take on an orphan team. Uh, find you a team that's just garbage and then rebuild it. And dude, there's a there's a sense of like success there. Like it, it, it's a good feeling. Or playing a league with Stephen Deaton. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Steven Adam, is great. Adam, how many leagues are you in at this moment? Uh, eight. Hmm. Uh, three, three dynasty and five, five redraft. Uh, of course, we're. I think me and you and Marcus are in a lot of leagues together. Uh, but there is one dynasty league I'm in that just. Um, I don't know. I don't know any of the guys. I just got on it through Sleeper. 
but it's a uh, it's, it's six twenty five for the first place payout. So those, those guys are dedicated. Uh, we we had to pay two years up front to be in it. So I'm I'm excited about that one. I got a pretty good team, but um, one one of the redraft leagues uh, me and Ben is in is in the in the Megalodon, the Megalobowl, like fantasy football is put on. It, it was just amazing how me and him got in on the same in the same league in that. But um, yeah, I'm just in eight right now. Probably should have been nine or ten, but you know, eight's probably enough. <laughs> uh, so, Adam, what's one trade that you absolutely love making in Dynasty so far? Uh, just talking about this league, the League of the Doom. Probably, uh, probably the the trades I made in my in our startup draft. Uh, I ended up with five five picks in the top thirty eight picks, um, so I started off pretty good. Uh, kind of got top heavy, but um, hasn't haven't really had any uh, since then. I think everybody's kind of just holding and seeing what happens with their players, but uh, that's just the one I go those those I go back to getting all those those top picks. Yeah, who who did you trade away? Was it Carson Wentz for a second round pick? It was, and I think I ended up trading that pick to you and got Chase Edmonds and, and, and like a that, tra- that trade me and you made was like I got Edmonds, you got Komet, but then there was like seven picks yeah. involved in that, so that was a pretty pretty big one. Uh, so what's one trade that kind of haunts you to this day that you made in Tennessee? It's Well, it's not one that I made. It's one I rejected, really. Uh, Marcus sent me one. A while back, he offered me Evan Ingram and Aaron Jones, and he wanted to get Gerald Everett and Cam Akers. Uh, oh. This was about a month. Or, yeah, this, yeah, this was about a week before week Akers yeah. goes down. Yeah, yeah, about a week or so, and uh, he didn't want to. He didn't want to. You know, he won that, but especially after the the night Aaron Jones had last night, you know, those those should have been my points. But <laughs> oh, man. at the time. At the time, I don't think anybody would have probably accept, you know, accepted that. But, yeah, looking back on that one, I was like, should have, you know, should have did that. But yeah, if that's the way it goes. If y'all, if y'all knew how many uh, offers that I sent out trying to sell away Dalvin Cook this year to get a young running back and a first-round pick, I know me and Adam had talked about one time doing a Lamar and Dalvin Cook switch with Cam Akers and Patrick Mahomes. So that could have happened. Uh, I talked with Derek about getting J.K. Dobbins for him and sending Dalvin Cook to him, so I'm glad that didn't happen. But I, I get that a lot. You know, when those offers come through in hindsight and you're like, dang, I should have accepted that. But What, uh, what, are, what yeah. are they feeding the running backs in Baltimore? Oh, we're going to – dude, <laughs> I, I think what it is is that Lamar wants to get those carries so bad that he's just kind of like sprinkling the field with like little harmful like the, material. Like the skater chick back in the Olympics. Took the girl's knee out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, moving forward, guys, we thought that a cool segment here as we close out the show would be to give the listeners a couple of players to buy low, sell high, and a must-add. This is especially important as most of us are in multiple leagues, so that way we don't just give our tips and tricks away to people to use against us here. Uh, so, the first question, who is one player that you're trying to sell high of or sell high off their week two performance or started the season in dynasty. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, the two players that I'm looking to sell the most right now is Elijah Mitchell and Tyson Williams. If I spent any fab amount of money and stuff in dynasty, then I'm looking at moving these two players. Uh, it's been said that, um, that one of these two running backs can be the next James Robinson. Uh, I think that these two running backs in their current situation is what I call a rental in dynasty. It's good for this year. And that's about it. Uh, so let's talk about comparisons in their both their situations. Uh, first, uh, their line to success came through starters getting injured. If Mostert, Jeff Wilson, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards were never to go down an injury, we wouldn't even be talking about these dudes right now. Uh, second, they have competition. In San Francisco, Jeff Wilson, who has a proven rapport with Shanahan, will be back before the season ends, and I'm pretty sure he'll be getting to work. Uh, they are currently, as of this recording, holding tryouts to bring in another running back, actually. Uh, in Baltimore, they brought in Latavius Murray, Devonta Freeman, and Lev Bell. They are obviously going to be playing the hot hand and see what happens on a weekly basis. I've actually seen some deals on the Dynasty Nerds uh, Facebook page where some guys have actually moved these players for 2022 20, seconds and even 2022 20, first. 
if I got that offer in a dynasty league, I would make that in a heartbeat. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, like you said, uh, when the guys in front of them get healthy, uh, they're going to be irrelevant. Nope. Yeah, I got I got Jeff Wilson on my IR right now, so hoping he they let him let him turn turn him loose when they when he comes back. So. Yeah, I think they're going to. He looked good last year, honestly. Uh, so, yeah. Marcus, Marcus, who's your sell high this week? Uh, Daniel Jones, uh, especially in a super flex. Uh, he's coming off a week that, that you know, nobody's seen. Uh, and if you're in some of these 12 and 14 team super flex leagues uh, and you're needing a quarterback, I've, I've made some, some pretty good trades. I always try to stack four quarterbacks in those leagues. Uh, but Daniel Jones is one that – he may fool me, but I don't think he's going to have a lot going on for him uh, through the rest of the season. And uh, Zach Moss is another one. Uh, he wasn't even an option in week one. Uh, and I've always liked Moss. I've always argued that, you know, he's he's a better back than Singletary. Uh, but the, the Bills' backfield uh, is kind of cluttered and there's a strong reliance on the passing game. Uh, you know, it's – it's kind of the Josh Allen show. Uh, he He's going to probably have more rushing yards than whatever running back is getting the carries that week anyway. Yeah, and I agree with you, man. Uh, the good the thing about Daniel Jones that nobody saw coming first off was nobody expected him to put up, what was it, like 95 rushing yards this past week against Washington. And then also – Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Uh, plus, like I imagine they're going to get Saquon back up and running. And then with the Zach Moss take – uh, honestly, I agree with you 100% on that. Uh, I know with him, he, he may end up being a good running back of the future and maybe somebody to hold on to in Dynasty. But the issue is that if you just keep waiting for him to hit that mark and to produce, then you're going to be sitting there with like Corderell Patterson, who's been, what, eight years now in the yeah. league and is just now starting to actually produce. And so that may be the same case with that Moss. Yeah, I've been waiting on Moss to, to you know, be the man, be the head guy there for uh, two or three years, however long I've been drafting him in leagues and holding on to him, and he's just – he's never done what he's supposed to do. Yep. So, Adam, who would be your your uh, sell highs right now? Sell highs, I got I got two receivers. Uh, first one is Mike Williams, wide receiver for the Chargers. Um, he's ranked fifth right now, uh, and I just don't see him uh, maintaining that at all. Uh, week one against Washington, he had 22 points. Uh, again, la and last week against Dallas, he also had 22 points. But uh, the Chargers like to throw the ball, but they they drafted a uh, Josh Palmer there, like in the third round maybe. So he's right now. Um, I don't think Williams is going to maintain what he's what he's doing. He's he's injury prone. I mean, just the way he plays, he's hurt all the time. I don't think he's ever completed a full season. And plus, he's in a contract year, so. Um, he's he might be asking for that big big money, so um, you might want to might want to trade him now if you can. Um, you know, if I if I had Williams, I'd probably probably be looking to trade him. Uh, maybe get somebody like Robbie Anderson or something like that. Uh, but you know, I don't. I just don't think he's going to maintain the number five uh, receiver ranking through the rest of the year. Um, and then Brandon Cooks, wide receiver for the Texans, he's number eleven right now. In the rankings, um, he put up 20 points against Jacksonville week one. It's Jacksonville, they stink. Uh, but he put up 22 against Cleveland last week. But uh, we know Tyrod Taylor's down. Uh, he's going to the IR. So, you know, it's rookie quarterback uh, Davis Mills right now. And uh, they got a tough schedule coming up. But, you know, Brandon Cooks has always been a – he's always finished in the top 20 in receivers year after year. But uh, he, he's, he's liable to be out of the top – 35 at the end of the year. So you might want to sell high on him while you got him, but I just don't see neither one of these receivers, you know, keep doing what they're doing right now. So what do you, what do you think, BJ? Yeah. I mean, I, I like to sell high on both of them. Uh, I know Mike Williams, like you said, dude literally jumps up like 10 feet in the air and falls on his back every single play. And so he's always going to be getting injured and hurting himself and stuff. And, uh, the, the Brandon Cooks one, man, that's that's a tough one because I agree with you. It is time to sell high on him because you don't know how much, how many more years he's going to have. 
uh, especially with bad quarterback play coming up with those tough matchups. Uh, but he's also one of those players that, like, I'm interested in if I'm a win-now team and I need, like, that depth piece. But the thing about it is I'm not going to buy him for a high piece either, though. You know what I mean? Like, he may be worth, like, a 2022 third or a second or something. But I'm not going to give up anything that's going to hurt me in the long run for for Brandon Cooks. Uh, so next, who's the one player that you're trying to buy low at the moment in Dynasty? Uh, Marcus, you can go first. Who's the one player you're trying to send out some offers for? Uh, I would uh would like to to get a hold of Saquon Barkley uh, in any league I could get him. Uh, he's he's yet to eclipse ten points. Uh. He's had a 10-touch and 13-touch game, but still still not past that 10-point margin. Uh, says his knee's feeling better. Uh, they're still uh, yet to say that he's at 100%, and he knew from the start that he was coming off of, of you know, a pretty horrendous uh, leg injury. It wasn't just the ACL. It was, I think it was everything in his knee. Uh, they said they would ease him in. I believe soon that he'll uh, be more involved in the pass game. And if you can get a league make to give up on him and sell him low, I would. I would definitely go for it. Uh, I, I wrote this uh, the other day, and, and Ben actually in our church league uh, redraft, uh, he uh, he already tried this. Uh, I've got him in the in the church league, and Ben, I wouldn't say it was buy low; it was a decent trade. But but I'm just going to hang on to him because I think uh, I think Barkley is going to, you know, going to eventually produce. Yeah. So how how do y'all see him in Dynasty? I, I mean, most – I think Saquon falls into the running back category where two to three years and you need to move on from him because that's all you're going to get. Uh, he's not He's not a – he's not a CMC or a Kamara or a Dalvin Cook. I don't think he's he's those guys. I mean, you can get you can get five years out of those guys, good, good solid production, but I don't think Saquon is going get, to get to that level. He's just – he's just not not – in, not in New York anyway. Yeah, I know that that New York offense is kind of a tough one to uh, to get things rolling with right now, as we'll talk about here in just a second with Adams uh, sell or buy low. Uh, but another player that I want to talk about as we're talking about New York offenses is uh, a player that I'm trying to buy low on right now is Zach Wilson. Uh, I know that may surprise some people out there, and I 100% understand. Uh, but I know the New York Jets offense right now looks rough after getting blown out by the Patriots 25-6 to in week two. I also know that Zach Wilson has thrown five interceptions and only two touchdowns this season. However, I'm trying to buy Zach Wilson right now in Dynasty. Uh, he's got potential to be a top 15 quarterback in Dynasty with his arm talent. Uh, also, since he's playing for the Jets, they're probably going to be playing from behind in a lot of their games. Uh, I'm thinking he's a great candidate for a rebuilding Dynasty team. Uh, in a 1QB league, you can probably get him for Tua, who I have long-term concerns about. Uh, backup running back that may bust like Trey Sermon or A.J. Dillon or a mid-tier wide receiver like Rager or Gabe Davis or even an early 2022 second-round pick uh, if you have one of those to spare. I just know with him, man, like I like his potential, even though right now he kind of sucks uh, in, in this season. Uh, but I'm excited uh, for him going uh, forward. Yeah, if he gets to keep throwing – get away from the interceptions, he should be all right. Yeah, I think it just comes with time. Uh, so, Adam, who is your Bilo? Yeah, I got a wide receiver for the Giants. It's uh, it's Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, it's his first year with the team. Uh, he started started off the preseason with some hamstring issues, but he's not he's better than the number sixty six ranking right now. He's just better than that. Um, he did to play in Detroit, you know, so that kind of hurt him. But he's just better than. Than, what it, when, than the numbers he's putting up right now. I mean, that offense is going to get better, I think. Like Marcus was talking about Saquon, when he gets going, Evan Ingram comes back, you know, that's going to, they're going to spread the ball around more. But I think Galladay is somebody who can get pretty cheap right now. And maybe they'll fire Jason Garrett. I mean, that would that would improve everybody's stock on the Giants team, I think. But uh, that's, he's one reason I was a closet Cowboys fan, because we sucked when he, when he was coaching. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm – I'm buying low on Kenny, Kenny Galladay right now. Yeah, he's a he's a tough one, man. It's like I, I want to buy low on him because I have him in a couple of dynasty leagues, and he's like my wide receiver three. 
but also on the other hand, like in dynasty, it's so weird because you had those high potential like rookies and young players and stuff like that too. And I'm just I'm wait I'm waiting on Galladay to do something in in, in New York. Yeah, well he's he's got potential. I mean, right now they're using Sterling Shepard a lot, but they're going to eventually give the ball to him. Like I said, they they gave him that big contract. You know, he's got to he's got to do something. So. When it comes to, to Cowboys coaches, I'm super glad that they got McCarthy from the Packers because he's horrible too. <laughs> uh, so if we transition over to specifically in redraft, who's the one player that you think is a must-add this week, uh, meaning the one player to check and make sure is added on your waiver wire? Adam, why don't you go first? All right, we'll stick with the Cowboys. And I know y'all talked about him already, but Tony Pollard, man, he's – uh, he's probably owned in a lot of leagues in redraft, but he's probably, you know, he's probably on your waiver wire somewhere. If you check your leagues, he's probably not even, he's probably 50% on, I would say, but, um, he's, he's number 12 ranked running back right now. And, uh, he got the same amount of carries as Zeke did last week against the Chargers. Um, uh, they're throwing him the ball. He's just, he's just more explosive. His snap percentage is increasing. I think Zeke's going to end up just being a goal line back by, by season's end, but, but definitely, uh, you know, pick up Tony Pollard if he's on the waiver wire. Yeah, I like it. First off, he shouldn't be on the waiver wire. That's where your league's no, falling short at. Yeah, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't but be. I, but I agree. If he's on there, you need to grab him. Uh, Marcus, who's your must-adds real quick? Uh, well, Moore, uh, Rondell Moore for Arizona. If, if he's still uh, still on the waiver wire, pick him up. Uh, but, but one that, that may be there. Uh, Cordell Patterson, we talked about him a little earlier. He's getting a lot of the goal line work. Don't make any sense uh, when you got Mike Davis, but he's getting a lot of the a lot of the goal line work. Uh, and I think he's more of a add and see situation. Like I wouldn't start him immediately, uh, but if he continues to get you know passes out of the backfield because he's a receiver, not a running back, even though they've got him playing there. Uh, if he if he gets you know getting a lot of receptions and PPR and the goal line work. I mean, he could be a he could be a viable flex option. Yeah, and I think uh, I think sleeper actually has him as a running back wide receiver combo there. They do. I think that's pretty cool, and I agree with you on that as well. You know, like uh, you know, Mike Davis, he's the he is a great running back. Uh, but the way that Atlanta's offense is structured right now, maybe kind of best just to pick him up and just stash him on your waivers uh, or on your bench. But uh, mine is Rashad Bateman. That is my must add right now. That's another rookie wide receiver. Uh, the Ravens selected Bateman with their first-round pick in this year's NFL draft. They think so highly of him that they used their first-round pick to draft a big-bodied receiver for Lamar. He came out in training camp and was showing out. He was burning the Ravens' number one cornerback, Marlon Humphreys, in practice for long touchdowns. Then in preseason, he went down with a groin injury, and they placed him on IR. Uh, but the good news is that he's expected to be back as soon as week three. So you actually want to kind of get in there and make sure that he – is added from from the waivers before then, so that way you're beating your league to it. Uh, the one thing that Lamar needs in this offense is a true X receiver that can go up and get the ball. Uh, yes, he doesn't throw much. Yes, when he does, it's mostly to Mark Andrews or Marquise Brown. But honestly, I have high uh, potential, high hopes for Lamar and Bateman, and I'm, I think they're going to establish a connection early and could end up winning you a championship by year end, hopefully, for the sake of my dynasty team. All right, let's jump into one of my favorite segments here on Legion of Doom. It is the must-start, must-sit question. I love the fact that we can give our must-starts and must-sits and actually kind of hold each other accountable each and every week. Uh, but going into week three, who is your must-start? Uh, Marcus, why don't you go first here? Uh, I think it's Julio Jones. Uh, I think it's somewhat obvious. I mean, if you drafted him, it wasn't to, to put him on the bench. Uh, but he's fitting in in Tennessee. Uh Tannehill's, you know, looking for him early and often. Uh, and he's playing the Colts defense, which their defensive backs are horrible anyway. I think they've got a few injured. Uh, so I think Julio will put up, you know, at least his projection probably probably a little more this week. Yeah, and as an Alabama fan, I don't, I don't mind seeing that at all. Uh, Adam, who you got as your week three must start? Start of the week is George Kittle. Uh, I mean, he's he's kind of underperformed these past two weeks, but you know what? He's, he's about to eat. He's about to eat. Uh, he's going up against the Green Bay Packers. Their defense sucks. You saw oh, what Hawkinson did. Watch yeah. it. 
You saw what Hawkinson did to him last night. I mean, Kittle, Kittle's about to go off. Uh, they, you know, what's the best way to keep your running backs healthy? Stop giving them the ball. Kyle Shanahan, hey, hello. Uh, Throw the ball downfield. That's actually a really good field. point. I think I think Green Bay's going to be focused on Devo Samuel because he's been eating it up, but but Kittle's Kittle's about to break loose, I think. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad you brought up that running back situation because I know uh, Mitchell, Hasty, Sermon, pretty much everybody is injured right now, and so they're probably just going to pull a Josh Allen and Buffalo and just start throwing the ball. Probably let Trey Lance play a little bit more too, uh, but I like I like that call. Well, and, and like you said, uh, you got Debo. That was – I almost went with him for a sit, and that sounds crazy. But, I mean, he's up against Alexander. Uh, Green Bay's defense is bad, I agree. Uh, but Alexander's probably top two uh, defensive backs in the league. So, with, with them not being able to throw to Debo, they're definitely going to wear a kittle out. Yeah. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is Green Bay's best defense. Yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, my must start for week three is Darnell Mooney versus Cleveland. Uh, since Andy Dalton is down and week to week with a knee injury, Justin Fields will start, and at least this week with the Bears. And so, something I've noticed is that Fields hyper targets Mooney. Uh, so, I think in a lot of leagues, he's at least a flex play against Cleveland. Uh, Mooney is one of those guys where, like, in Dynasty, I'm probably not playing him right now. Uh, I may put him in there as a flex play or something like that. But if, if I've got him in a league right now, I'm probably going to put him in a flex this week because that's usually his uh, field's first read is Darnell Mooney. Uh, but moving on, who is your must sit and why? So I found, I found this funny whenever I was looking through our text messages today. Uh, you guys actually chose the same must sit. And so why don't you talk about that together? Don't play the Bucks running backs. Yeah, we're both smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Rams defense, their their front, as you know, with Donald and those guys, uh, is is ridiculous. And even if you know one of them does have a breakout game, uh, you don't know which one that's going to be because uh, Bruce Arians don't know, uh, you know, which one he's going to leave in the game. So it's not Keyshawn Vaughn. No. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. I mean, Fournette would be the only option that I would probably even attempt to start, uh, unless you're Greg in the in the redraft league and three of your running backs is hurt and Jones is the only thing you got. Uh, but I definitely wouldn't want to have to that to be my option to start, even in a flex this week. Honestly, yeah, the they're, way off, they're off. Go ahead, BJ. The way that Brady's playing. I, I would honestly just rather the ball be in his hands than than being in Ronald Jones or Fournette's hands. So I think Bruce Arians is probably just going to feed Brady. I heard a stat today, uh, and y'all probably heard it. I think it was actually on fantasy footballers that Brady is, I think it said, fourteen touchdowns away from having more touchdowns in his forties than he did in his twenties. That's right. That's, Something like that's, that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he, Brady's going to throw sixty times, sixty plus times this game. I mean that's just the way the game script's gonna go, I think. And uh, if you're if you're needing to start one of these three running backs, I mean it's it's got to be a desperate flex option, I would think, because I don't think neither one of them's gonna, you know, hit their projections right now. Not in this nope. game. Honestly, you may have a better chance just playing single Terry at the Bills. Yeah, that's probably what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my must sit this week is kind of a, a big name, and I don't really know how I feel about it but it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. After putting up a score of 10 points in week one against Cleveland, CEH came out in week two and put up a one-point outing. Uh, If you watch that game, he looked terrible. Uh, He had no receptions in week two. He rushed for only 46 yards and that costly fumble that pretty much lost Kansas City the game. Uh, This week he goes against a favorite – no, this week he goes against a favorable Chargers rush defense, so I know it's kind of a good little play there. Uh, but honestly, if I have a fringe RB2 or RB3 that I'm debating on starting, I'm probably going to end up putting them in there before CEH, uh, just to be honest with you. I'll give him a, a game to kind of get his mojo back. Yeah, he never fumbles. No, never. That's the thing. Like He, he, didn't, fumble in, he didn't fumble in college. He didn't fumble last year's rookie season. Yeah. But uh, I think it was a rookie for the Ravens that actually poked the ball out. 
It was. Yeah. He's a good buy low. He's a good buy low too right now. Yeah, I hope they can get it going around, man. I know they need to, they need to throw in the ball more. Uh, I know they. I think he got vultured this week by uh, Williams. But anyways, guys, uh, uh, it's going to be a wrap on our episode two of Legacy of Legends Dynasty podcast. Uh, we want to thank Adam Graham for jumping in and being a guest this week. Uh, Adam, do you have anything you want to say to your league mates or listeners this week? Uh, just thanks to you two for, for letting me be on here and to my league mates. Accept the trade offers that I send you. That's all I got. You heard it here first. And so uh, we also want to thank our league, the Legion of Doom, for keeping this league active. Uh, I know this is actually one of the most active leagues that I'm in. Uh, so we're excited to see where this thing goes in the future. Also, this uh, episode will be releasing tomorrow morning, Thursday. Uh, I think it's September the 22nd. And so be looking for your matchup card or the match card coming today as well. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter at LOL Dynasty Pod. Get it, Legacy of Legends. Uh, Facebook at Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty Podcast. Also, subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. Uh, so, you got anything else you want to guys want to say before we head out? Uh, just keep keep giving us feedback. Uh, do we know this episode's probably going to go a little longer than it did last week? Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like, what we can add. Well, we can cut out. Uh, that's, I mean, that's this is ultimately, uh, you know, revolved around ten guys in a in a fantasy league. You know, it's for y'all. So let us know. Let us know what we need to do different. Couldn't agree more. All right, guys. We'll see y'all next week for episode three. All right, enjoy it, guys. Yep. <laughs>